All right. How are you getting on? Are you well? Are you well? Are you well? How's uh, you look bloody brilliant? You look great. A bit of sun on your cheeks, says you, hey? Is that a new freckle? Can I try and scrape it off? Can I try and scrape it off? Is that chocolate? Is that the chocolate? Can I try and scrape it off? I'm a habit. Um. <laughs> I used to be a very freckly boy. And I hated it. Now I love it. Whenever I make a creator wrestler in wrestling games, I still give him freckles. Even just slightly. As an homage to me. When I'm, especially when I'm trying to make me. Whenever I'm trying to make someone in a game, I cannot fight the urge just to put jeans on them and trainers, you know, and a T-shirt. I mean, now that's become a real hardcore aesthetic. But I was making lads who looked like Raven, the wrestler, far before he was coming along into the game. You know what I mean? Wearing denim. I was just like, why can't uh, why can't they just re- dress normal? I hated, you know, wrestling attire. Now I love it. Now I think it's brilliant. Now I, you know, just looking at old images of Razor Ramon. And just the kit they have, you know? And they're matching little matching little vest. Wearing a little vest down to the ring and then taking it off. It's so pointless. And I love it. The pageantry of it all. But um, I remember being like, why don't they just wear jeans and a t-shirt? That's what I would wear. <laughs> Not being able to move my legs. Imagine doing, a, imagine doing a moonsault. Anyway, look, I'm sorry. I'm getting into the minutia here of wrestling terminology. And uh, most of you don't even know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to move on. Um, Will Smith ain't got a cuss in his raps to sell records, but he does have to smack the shit out of uh, men uh, to sell his films. No, um, listen, Will Smith, I'm happy for you. Will Smith won Best Actor, but that's not what he'll be remembered for at this Academy Awards. It's him leaving his seat, getting up and smacking Chris Rock for Chris Rock saying that he loved his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, in G.I. Jane. Now, that doesn't sound that bad because Jada Pinkett Smith often sometimes has a shaved head. Sometimes she's always changing her hair. She has a shaved head this time. But what uh, she actually has is alopecia. And I doubt he even knows that because after he said the joke, he was like, oh, come on, that was a tame one. And uh, Will Smith got up and smacked him in the face. And I think that would have been fine because people laughed, you know. And Chris Rock said, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me, you know. And he would have made a joke about it and it would have moved on. But then you get the crazy eyes and you get that Will Smith trying not to cry face that he does so well in like uh, I Am Legend. Like, (laughs) say hello to me, you know. Quote I Am Legend a lot for a movie I've only seen once and didn't like. Um, You know, Uh, he does, you know, like uh, in that film Closer. No, not Closer. Closer is the other one. What's the one never drop the con? How do you? What's the one that you never drop the con? Never drop the con. Hang on. Talk about yourselves every second. Never drop the con. Uh, focus. <laughs> you never drop the con. Okay. Him and Margot Robbie. Um. But yeah, then he pulls that face and he starts shouting. Get my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Shouting so he can be heard on the microphones, you know, so he can be broadcast to, I mean, it's not a billion people. I mean, you said a billion, a billion people watching this. 
a billion people watching this might, with the greatest respect, hole. <laughs> but greatest respect to the Academy Awards, my my hole, no way. Um, and I think had he just done the smack, there would have been whatever. Twitter will always Twitter be like fucking take offense with his fucking color of his suit. You know what I mean? But um, there would have been some kind of kerfuffle. But it would have been like that was crazy. But how how it became uncomfortable for everyone when he's shouting, "Get some say hello to me, and get my wife's name out your fucking mouth." You know, he wasn't having a good time with it. You know, um, it wasn't light-hearted. It wasn't very fresh, Prince. I have to say, you know, if it, the camera had just cut to him afterwards and he had pulled this kind, of, he built this kind of shrug like he does on the you know the Fresh Prince DVD cover. You know, it was like, huh? You know, parents just don't understand. That kind of like shrug. But instead, he's pulling the crazy eyes. He's pulling the I am legend. Say hello to me and get my wife's name out your fucking mouth. You know? Uh, and it's just like, hey, hey, Prince. Hey, Fresh. Right? Be funny again. Be funny again. Do you remember how? It's hard. I mean, I, I, I'd say he now has to probably come up with some sort of a lesson that his dad taught him that he's realized throughout his life about success, about commitment to be to be making a joke. You know what I mean? There's, there has to be some sort of, you know, you know what I mean? It can't just be like, say something funny. Have be like, when my father told me that to be funny, you had to be like, just tell me to fucking joke again. That's what I like about you. You were funny in Independence Day. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm happy for you now, right? And I am happy for him, you know? That was the first thing I said when Terry said uh, Chris um, Will Smith's after slapping Chris Rock. I said, oh, did he win? And she goes, yeah, but that's not the... And I was like, oh, no, that's great. That's all I wanted to hear, you know? Um, And he worked hard for it. Like, I haven't seen the film. But he did the whole, you know, released his his book, Will, which I listened to. And it's a lot of shiting on, a lot of shiting on, and a lot about. That was the lesson that I learned that day, not to have sex in the kitchen, you know. Even the story about him having a ride in the kitchen is very serious, you know. Getting caught having a ride in the kitchen. There were times when... I would vomit when I would get an erection. And it's like, that's too much. I don't, you know, I say welcome to earth again and punch something. Do you know what I mean? You know what the difference is between me and you? You and me, I make this look good. That kind of stuff. Give me that. Give me the little quips, you know. Um, It's just too much information. You know, and look, I'm, this is coming from the king, Richard, of too much information. Me, Tony, you know. Um, it's the same thing with The Rock. It's just like, look, I I love it. Thank you. But I don't need all of it. Thank you very much, you know. And fair fucks to Chris Rock to for, you know, after hearing him, having him shouting, derailing the show, de- smacking you, and then shouting at you while you're there, standing there in front of, look, 100 people watching this live, you know. And he's like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And Chris Rock's like, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. I was going to. So, 
that's one of those like I don't this didn't come from within like this didn't come from any kind of like place where I can decide to say that you know what I mean that's just pure instinct survival instinct I'm going to it's the same thing that when like <laughs> you're you're you have a fight when you're a kid someone starts to fight with you and you're like what are you doing hey what are you doing what are you doing you know you just keep saying that and you think that's that's just something to say you know that's some how we're going to get you out of the, what are you doing what's this why are you doing that? You know? Same kind of... I'm going to. I was going to. <laughs> but, um... So, look, this is that. This is, <laughs> this is going to be the kind of pace of this podcast today because I've just done three big shows over the weekend um, and I'm delighted with how they went. I'm going to talk about them more in a second. But do you know what I'm going to do? Um, I think today's podcast... I think we'll go back on the mirror. I think if you listen to my Patreon podcast, I sometimes like to go to Colleen Nolan. The absolute salt um, of a, of an iconic woman. Uh, her, she does a fantastic Agony Ant column in the the Mirror, and uh, uh, Colleen Nolan from Loose Women. So I'm going to try and solve some of the problems, and then I'm going to see what Colleen would say because Colleen is always right. So we're going to do that today, a little Agony Ant uh, episode today. But before we get onto that, I want to thank the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Listen. You want to talk about comedy. You want to talk about those who support Irish comedy. Brands that support Irish comedy. Well, look no further than the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Not only are they sponsoring this hilarious pod, um, the DLD.com, grab yourself a whiskey today. But they're also doing stuff for like um, Killian Sunderman, Michael Fry, putting on a whole gig for them. We raised uh, 10 grand for um, Gay Community News with our calendars. They matched a massive chunk of it as well. They uh, to, to give to gay community news. They support hilarious calendars. They support um, comedians doing their first ever live gig, right? And they support the funniest Irish podcast in this. They are doing their stuff and they make a tasty ass whiskey. So you go to DLD.com, grab yourself a bottle today. My favorite is the Dubliner Old Fashioned. It's a collaboration with uh, Rascals Brewing Company. I highly recommend it. I'm really enjoying it at the moment with uh, some lemons, some limes, and a shit ton of uh, fizzy water. I love it. And you'll love it too. Go to the DLD.com. And, um, and look, let's just get into today's episode. Today's Tony Cantwell Shit Show. It's Tony Cantwell Shit Show. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff there. Lovely stuff there from me there singing. So look, we're going to get into some Agony Ant stuff here. Um, but before we do, I thought I'd give a bit of a recap. I had a wonderful time over the weekend in Vicar Street. Thank you so much, everyone. You kinds of came. Uh, it, was, uh, it was tons of fun. Um, wild, wild energy. Uh, but very exciting, you know. Uh, certainly Thursday. Thursday was, uh, I think, this, the... I don't know if it was the the drunkest, but it was the <laughs> it was the first one, and I was slagging some, one of the guys that did a footy chant about a guy, and I was looking at his Instagram bio, and it was in Irish, and I tried to and I mistranslated his 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 bio into English, and it kind of made him it kind of insinuated he was a pedo, right? So people started so when I I made that joke, people started booing at him, and I was like, I thought people would laugh, and some people did, but people started booing at him, and then a big chant for pedo started going at him. 
people were like, Pedo, Pedo, Pedo. And like, yeah, he was laughing it off and everything. But um, there was a second there that just, just before, there was a second there where I didn't, I genuinely was speechless and I didn't know what to do. And I, and I, there was a moment I caught myself and I was like, what if I can't put reins on this? What if they never stop chanting pedo at this guy? What if in a second someone just has a pitchfork and someone else has a flaming torch, you know? Because it's weird to kind of, you know, to control a load of people chanting, <laughs> chanting pedo, you know? You can't do the things. It's not like how it is in real life where you'd be like, hey, don't, hey, shut up, <laughs> you know? Because that's not funny, you know? And you can't be like... um, all right, come on now. That's enough of that. You know, you know. Uh, so you you have to the only you can only stop it by do doing something funny. And if, and I didn't have anything funny to say. You know, I think at the end I was all like, okay, we've all had a we've all had a good time in this pedo witch hunt, and we'll put that to bed now. You know, um, but that was just I was very gracious that the the crowd gave me that because they they didn't have to. You know. It could have. It reminded me of the first time I took mushrooms, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so high!" And then I was like, "I was thinking." I remember we were laughing, like scared, but we were laughing. Uh, me and my mates, and we were like, "What if we never come back? <laughs> what if we can never put control this? <laughs> what if we just keep floating off?" Because it kept feeling like it was getting higher and higher. And I was like, "What if? The, <laughs> what if there is no uh, ceiling on this one?" You know, that's what I was thinking. I had a kind of out of body experience. Um, uh, and also, uh, it was very uh, wild on the Saturday. Well, all the gigs uh, were, were were wild. Saturday as well was uh, was uh, was <laughs> people being out in the sun a little bit, you know. Reaction times a little bit, you know. I mean, some very 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 big laughs, big laughs on all nights. I had a wonderful time. I, I don't know if I could actually even say which one was the best, but uh, on Saturday there was a couple of slow reaction times, you know, uh, which is which is always a good laugh, always a good laugh. Um, a few people just been sitting out in the sun. A few, few, a few fucking ceviche boys been sitting out in the sun. Um, that's not what ceviche is. Anyway, listen, I'm going to do some agony and stuff here because I'm still a bit under the weather. My immunity was holding on for fucking dear life until uh, these gigs were done, and now I feel fucking shot. Uh, but with only three more gigs left in the tour, so don't worry. The quality of this podcast is soon to improve. Um uh, back with our tournaments and our um, what have you. <laughs> I'm always thinking of that. Viggo Mortensen and the making of uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, the video game. And he clearly knew nothing about orcs or elves or anything like that. So he's like, so you can play as me, Aragorn, and fight your ninjas or whatever. <laughs> he didn't know anything about He didn't know anything about the characters, you know. Anyway, I'm here on uh, The Mirror. Dakota UK and uh, I'm a big fan of Colleen Nolan from Loose Women um, oh my god okay here we go an opinion first one sex with my husband dressed as the green goblin is making me feel blue <laughs> let's hear it dear Colleen my husband and I decided that we needed to spice things up in the bedroom by adding a new dimension to our sex lives. We are both in our 40s, and if I'm being honest, things have become a little stale over the past few years. We both have a huge passion for the comic book universe. Well, you don't... Well, <laughs> no, you don't. My hobbies include a passion for the comic book universe. The comic book universe. What is this? What are you, an alien? 
What is it, your first day on planet Earth? Welcome to Earth. Ish. And I am a huge fan of the comic book universe. And we have a huge passion for the comic book universe. All right, I'm getting the I'm getting the vibe already that he does. And you're like, uh-huh, haha. In fact, when I first met my husband, he was dressed as the Green Goblin at the National Convention. He came up with the suggestion that we should dress up as our favorite DC and Marvel characters and incorporate them into our foreplay. Just the foreplay? As soon as... um. As soon as hand jobs are done, what does he do? Take off the big long nose? <laughs> I was keen to try something different, so agreed to give it a try. Sadly, it ended up being a bit of a big turn off. A big, not even a bit, a big turn off for me. As much as I love my husband, he isn't. He no longer fits comfortably into Lycra the way he did before. The result is, I simply don't find the role play arousing at all. And he seems to really enjoy it. How can I break it to him sensitively that our new experiment isn't working for me? I'd love some guidance. That actually is a difficult question. And I'm so glad you asked this. And no doubt Colleen's going to come out with a fantastic answer. If it's the Green Goblin, do you know what you say? Say, if if it's, if it's look, listen, Liv, right? Whatever your name is, right? Alien from another planet doesn't know uh, what the MCU is called, right? Um, if it's a case where the whole thing is not going to work for you, and you might know, is there a costume that you think he might look good in? Um, if not, the whole thing, just say, look, we tried it. I don't like it. And you don't even need to say the thing about him not fitting into his Lycra anymore. Jesus, God forbid. Although, come on, I've been at Comic-Con. I doubt even in his 20s he was looking good in that shit. You know what I mean? And you know what? The ones who do look really good in that shit don't always have it all going up, going on upstairs. Do you know what I mean? You see them on TikTok or the cosplayers and they look stunning. But, you know, that's 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 like there's a fork in the road. You're a Billy Barry kid. And then you go off to the West End. You go to Rada, right, or whatever. Or you go down the fucking cosplay route. You know what I mean? But it's that same twinkly star in your eyes. Never, never land. I'll never grow up. Hey, watch me do a backflip. I don't know why I can't engage with people, <laughs> you know, kind of thing, right? If they all, if they look that good and they look that good in costume and they change often, they probably do voices as well. They probably don't even know who they are. They're probably so happy, blissfully happy, right? But um, but anyway, anyway sorry. Um, I doubt he looked good to begin with, with a great respect to him and you. If you would like to see him something good, can I recommend Craven the Hunter? from Spider-Man. Green Goblin might be a little bit crazy. Craven the Hunter, he's got a bit more furs. He's just got, you know, some badass cacks. He's got a, he's got a cool Ronnie. He would be the kind of hunk, you know. I mean, he's did a topless as well. Your fella might have a gut. You know, what other hot ones could you do? Uh, Gambit, of course. Big long trench coat. You know, a couple of um, finger holes cut out of his glove. That'll be good for the foreplay. Um, you know, Wolverine. You know, I mean, there's, there's lads who have baggy ones. Maybe maybe just some something more with a trench coat. But if you're not into the idea at all, you can't force these things. Do you know what I mean? You can't force these things. Um, but just think to yourself, is it the whole idea of the costume? Because if if, if, a, if there is a costume that might work, you could just say, look, I, I, do, you know who, do you know who really I, I get really turned on by now these days? Is this person, Craven the Hunter from Spider-Man, right? 
or um, uh, or do you know what? If he's not fitting into his shit anymore and you want a, a Spider-Man villain, Kingpin. Say, can you put this bald cap on and hold this cane? You know? And give a little rub. You know? So worth considering. Now, I don't think Colleen Nolan's going to have as much knowledge of the, the comic book universe as I do. But let's see what Colleen would suggest that you do. Well, firstly, good for you for giving him his suggestion to go, fuck, that's what you're supposed to do. Sorry, you're meant to support women. Meant to, uh, that's brilliant you did that, by the way. And I can understand that you're vulnerable. Rather than, sorry, just, I'm just going to piggyback on what Colleen was saying. I also think that's great that you're giving it a go, right? And sorry, I should have, you know, not, I'm, not, I'm not sorry. I don't need to reduce, lower my status here. I'm still a very high status figure. You're here for my advice. I think it's great as well that you did that. I think the important thing, she says, is that you took his idea on board, gave it a whirl. When it comes to fantasy and role play, both partners have to enjoy it and get into it or it's pointless. As for breaking the news, don't make it about how he looks in Lycra. Simply explain it's not a turn on for you, which means you don't feel relaxed. I'm sure he won't want you to feel that you're doing it just for him. Perhaps you're focusing on the wrong thing here. Rather than trying to come up with big ideas for the bedroom, why not try building romance and intimacy day to day? Um, these can be small loving gestures, paying a compliment, sending a sexy text, or taking time to do something nice together. It's this stuff that builds desire and has a knock-on effect in the bedroom. Going from things being stale to dressing up as a lycra-clad superhero seems a bit of a stretch. Excuse the pun. She's so fucking good! And maybe once you do rekindle that desire, then the odd night of superhero fun will be more appealing. She's so fucking smart. You're so smart, Colleen, as well as being an absolute soat for your age. I think she's brilliant. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, it is a big jump. That is a fucking massive jump. She See, she goes above and beyond. She doesn't just answer the question directly, being, yeah, well, maybe don't dress as a fucking green goblin then. She's like, but that's also a big, massive jump, and you're maybe doing too much. I love you. I'm here, and I support you. Fucking bull. Ma on, Colleen. Ma on, fucking ma. Ma on, woman. Colleen. All right, next one. I caught my son watching pornography, and I screamed at him. Dear Colleen, I found my 15-year-old son watching porn the other night. And I didn't handle the situation too well. I basically screamed at him and he screamed back at me to get out. Things have been really awkward since. I'm really anti-porn and especially worried about teenagers watching it as I think it will give them a very skewed view of sex. I want my son growing up respecting women and able to form healthy, loving relationships, so seeing him watching porn has really freaked me out. Do you have any advice on how to talk to him? Yeah, love, getting a fucking time machine. Getting a time machine and go back before you screamed at him. Little young fella. Little young fella trying to pull his plum. And then narc. Talking about a fucking green goblin. You. Coming in there with a, with a pumpkin uh, grenade. Chaps just having a little fap. Little vulnerable, little young fella. I'm gonna stop focusing on how young he is. But he's a poor little fella trying to have a fucking fap. Right? I'm sorry to be having a go at you, but oh my god, you have you have carved a ridge into his brain forever. Like you have carved a groove. He has a complex now. He has a complex. It's like carving a needle into a record now. He has that permanently. 
yours he, you you walking in on him having a fap and going is in his head, his brain, and is fucked up somewhere in his kind of like, in his sexual interests as well, and taboos and shit like that is all wrapped up into one horrible little thing because you couldn't keep your fucking little green goblin mouth shut, (laughs) right? So, but what do you do about it? This is what you do. Get a time machine, right? Get a fucking time machine. And don't go back to the past. No, no, no. Go to the future. And go and meet up 40,000 years in the future with Samantha Mumba and Omera Mumba. And Guy Pierce is there as well in that flick. And go to the mole people under the ground and stay there. Because he's better off without you in his life. And he needs that distance away from you. But what do you do about it now? Um, look, have a conversation. <laughs> have a conversation about respect. No, it, look, it is, it is a good... The better question would be... I worry that my son might be, I think I've even talked about this in the podcast before, I worry that my son might be looking at porn. And it, it, it is a kind of a gradual thing to kind of just be pointing out healthy relationships when you see them. Normal people's been great for that, right? That's a nice consenting relationship that you see there, you know? Um, and pointing out things like that to build healthy relationships, you know? And, you know, it can be difficult. It can be difficult to, the thing about being kind of so puritanical though, that you hate porn, when you build a wall, there's one side of the wall, and when he's over that side of the wall, then he feels like he's, you know, it's the great escape. He's off. He's out. You know, it it, it needs to not feel like a big wall between one life and the other life, where there's taboos over there, right? You know, you, you just need to be having these kind of conversations about it and say, look, there's there is entertainment out there that is heightened, in the same way that if you watch wrestling, right? That's not how people fight. Right, you don't see someone. Well, I actually did see someone um, give someone a stone cold stunner in an actual scrap, but obviously the guy got straight up again. You know, um, it's a shite move. But uh, you know, there's wrestling, there's pro wrestling, and then there's actual, you know, combative sport. In the same vein, there's also there's also se- there's sex, and then there's porn. You know, and porn is heightened. But even in a porn, there are people there that you don't see who are you know, um, intimacy specialists. There are people there who are making sure that everything is consenting. They're making sure, I mean, if he was probably watching it on Pornhub, was he? You know, even there, they have a verified system to make sure that everyone who submits a video there gave full consent for it, you know? So there's a lot, there's a bigger conversation to be had about that. And, um, and really, you fucked up. So you have to apologize and make sure that he feels that he has his personal space again. That's the most important thing ever, that he feels he has his personal space. And you can say, look, I have a time machine outside. Just say the word and I'll go 40,000 years into the future and bury myself with the mole people in Samantha Mumba, right? You let him know that. And then if he's willing to have a conversation with you ever again, then you can say, look, I just want to say one more thing, right? The reason is because I got scared because... Uh, I, I I fucked up by not talking to you about the fact that these things exist because I kind of paid a bit of a context for what you might have seen. And, and I fucked up that I didn't tell you about that, that this exists beforehand and that it is a heightened version of, of intimacy. And um, this isn't what happens in real life. And you need to know that. And, you know, people who go into that, people who... People who kind of act out these things that they've seen in movies, in porn movies, 
are essentially being abusive because they haven't fully because you don't see that much consent and conversation happening in porn. So if you copy what you see there, you are going to be an abuser, you know, whether you meant to be or not. So just so you know, I fucked up. Here's the keys to the time machine. I'll go whenever you want. And I do respect your personal space. Colleen, I don't know if you can top that. I think that's pretty good. Colleen says, well, start off by talking to him, talking to him instead of screaming at him. He's no different than the majority of teenage boys. His hormones are raging and he's thinking about sex a lot of the time. The difference these days is that porn is so accessible via the internet and it's very easy for it to become addictive. We all know that porn is an unrealistic view of sex, but I think you can talk to your son about that and also talk to him about respect for women. Mm, Better give more info about how that happens. You can explain what your worries are around pornography and even show him some research. What? Show... Do you, do you trust this woman who screamed at this young fella? Do you honestly think she's going to have the deft touch just to be like, hi, I just want to show you some research and, it, and for that to be enjoyable for anyone? Show him some research. He probably feels very embarrassed and awkward. So take the higher ground here and have a discussion with him about making him feel that he's done something really bad. Sorry, am I reading that wrong? And have a discussion with him about making him feel that he's done something really bad. But he's not done something really bad. You phone that one in, Colleen. You phone that one in. You couldn't even get the fucking typos right. You messed up there big time. Don't listen to Colleen. That's the first time I've ever... I've probably done about 25 Colleen Nolan Agony Ants in my career. <laughs> and that's the first time we'll say that is some god-awful advice. But I think... Like, if it was a, if it was a girl, do you know what I mean? You would probably want to respect the vulnerability of a girl, Right? So I think you should be respecting the vulnerability of a teenage boy as well. I actually find that, I found that a bit fucking, what's the opposite of chauvinistic? Anyway, followed my advice, get your time machine, fuck off to the future and let your son fap in peace. That isn't really what my, anyway, come on. Um, uh, let's have a look. Um, my husband said nothing is going on after flirty texts with his hairdresser. Let's try this one. Dear Colleen, my husband has stu- uh, stuck up a friendship with his hairdresser, who he's been going to for a few years. At first, I thought nothing of it, even the fact that they had each other's mobile numbers. I didn't feel threatened at all. He takes our son there to get his hair cut too. Then he started being protective over his phone and even raced halfway across the room to pick it up when it pinged. I started getting suspicious that something might be going on, so I managed to get hold of his phone and look through it. There were dozens of flirty text messages between them, and in one he even said he'd take the dog for a walk so he could swing by her salon. I went mad, and I accused him of having an affair, but he denied it and said they'd um, they'd got said they'd just got close as friends, but they hadn't slept together or even kissed. He promised he'd find a new hairdresser and that he wouldn't text her again. But the other night he left his phone on the table and while he was in the shower, a text came through uh, from her asking how things were and if he wanted to talk. I'm furious. I feel like such an idiot. What should I do? Well, it's uh, okay. Look, things probably got a little bit too close, right? See, sometimes, I think sometimes, right, there people, I don't know how often it happens, right? But I'd say there's a percent of affairs that happen from just pure awkwardness, right? Of being, of being kind of like, well, this is awkward. 
only thing now is to have an affair. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like they're going to feel, you know, so it might get to the point where like through weird kind of miscommunication, someone said something and it was a bit too personal. And they're like, oh shit, sorry, that's, that's way too overly familiar. And even they're feeling weird. And they're like, oh no, it's fine. And then the other person shares something that's too overly familiar. And then all of a sudden there's kind of like, this is a bit too overly familiar. We're both being a bit too overly familiar here. And then it's kind of like, uh, you know, and then maybe someone like takes a step forward and they're like trying to just like grab something that's beside someone else and someone misreads that and they think, oh God, now they think they're going for a kiss now and because I was putting out a vibe and then they kiss the person and then all of a sudden like, oh my God, this person kissed me and they were kissing each other and then I say like, it literally just started because there was a pure miscommunication, you know? It's almost like I'm going to feel bad now. That person's going to think I'm a dickhead if I don't want an affair, you know? This isn't, <laughs> I'm not talking from personal experience or anything. I'm not. But so, you know, I, I maybe things got out of hand with this hairdresser, right? Maybe things just got a bit overly familiar. And he said, look, he's going to go for a different hairdresser. And she's trying to rekindle. So maybe the text came at the worst time. If this was in a kind of a, the OC, you would read the text and then you would storm off and then drink and go drive off in a car. And then the next text would come in that you wouldn't see that would be like, you haven't gotten in touch with me for months, you know? So why don't you just rather than read his phone all the time? Although it's actually a good thing he did read his phone. But you probably could have done this without actually reading his phone. You could have just said, hey, just um, can, you know, will you stop? Uh, I don't like how how close you are, you know. Um, I don't think that needs to be said here because I kind of feel like he's done what you've, you've asked. Now, he did get too familiar and you had every right to ask. But then he listened and he's, you know, I mean, hopefully he's, hopefully you find a better hairdresser for the son. You know, if the son's got good hair. Maybe let the kid, maybe let the fella have the affair. Do you know what I mean? This kid should make, prioritize your son's hair above everything, right? Um, but if you can find an as good hairdresser, then maybe you can save your marriage as well. What's Colleen saying? Now, keep in mind, Colleen has been cheated on, right? And she believes women. So, well, I think an emotional affair is what's going on. Whether he wants to admit it or not, he's grown close to another woman. They're obviously confiding in each other. He's looking for excuses to see her. And he's deliberately hit the messages from you. Ooh, it's not a good look, actually. It's very easy to claim there's nothing going on when nothing physical has happened. But the fact is he's hiding this relationship from you because he knows it's crossing a line. If there was nothing more than if there were nothing more than friends or acquaintances, there'd be no reason um, to hide anything. This kind of affair, quote unquote, can hurt just as much as a sexual one. There's an emotional intimacy and he's willing to risk your marriage over it. He said he'd stop. You have to confront him about the latest message. Really? <laughs> really? What did the last message say? Hang on, I'm just going to read this again. The last message said, um, but the other night, um, texts was asking how things were and if he wanted to talk. Do you want to talk? How are things? Do you want to talk? See, that sounds like it's absent. Like there's been an absence of him being in touch. But, you know, Anyway, um, confront him. Don't let him wriggle out of it. Yeah, she's fucking, she twists a knife. She's been, you know, once bitten, twice shy. Um, he promised he'd stop messaging her and he hasn't. Does he want to keep his friendship or his marriage? Good luck. Look, that's fair. I suppose it's fair. You could say, look, I saw this message you popped up on your phone. What's the fucking crack? You know? But what about the young flu's hair? Maybe that wasn't a great one. We'll move on. Um... None as juicy as the fucking Green Goblin. All right. Married workplace love rat is taking my friend for a ride. He's a player and a liar. <laughs> well, seems like you're looking at it. You're coming from this from a very unbiased uh, perspective. 
Um, okay, let's see. What's it say? All right. Uh, I'm worried about my friend because I think she's been taken for a ride by a married rat. Well, he said married man. She works with. He's only been married for a couple of years, but regularly says stuff to my friend like, my wife is getting on my nerves and I shouldn't have married her. And you and me should be together. You fucking rat. You rat. And you know what he's probably saying to his wife? Oh, you fucking complete me. Oh, will you help me do this? Will you fix this for me? I'm a fucking weak piece of shit and I need you to come in here and fix everything that's wrong with me. And then the wife was probably, well, look, you said you told me you didn't actually want to be eating sausages all the time and now you're eating a sausage. So do I call you on the, the person that you told me you want to be? Because why don't you have muesli instead? And then he goes in there and he's all like, my fucking wife won't give me. Well, how about everything she's picking up for you, huh? How about everything that you abdicated to her to do? And then she reminds you of all the stuff that you're supposed to do because you asked her to fucking do it. And she's getting on your nerves. Me, you, me and fucking you should be together. Wife's getting on me nerves. She hasn't slept with him, thank goodness. But she's falling for him. And I think she has deeper feelings for him than she's willing to admit. I haven't held back when it comes to telling her my opinion about this guy. I told her I think he's a love rat, a player on the lion, not to mention a potential cheat, and that she'd be mad to get mixed up with someone like him. But I'm not sure she's listening to me. I think she's falling for his BS, in parentheses, bullshit, and believes his cheesy come-ons. She's a young, gorgeous woman who's never struggled for attention from men, and now, and she could um, do so much better than this loser. How can I talk some sense into her before it's too late? I don't want to see her get hurt. That's a tough one because she's going to do it anyway and you know she's going to do it. She is going to she is going to do it. It's going to happen. Like I you know you know the way sometimes you can just already see stuff happening. Like now me as a parent, right? I can see my he- my son crack his head 5 minutes before it happens, right? I just see it in my mind's eye like a precog from minority report, right? I'm getting the exact same vibe on this. I totally see it happen. They're going to be working late. She's going to fall from. She's probably they're probably already having sex. She's probably lying to you, you know. And I don't know what you can do other than just be there for the fallout for her. To be perfectly honest, I know that's shy advice. I know that's shy advice. Could you hire a private investigator to see if he's done anything like this before? Could you? Um, could you speak to her about you know from her perspective about how this is kind of an abuse of power from his perspective? That there's things, there's probably influence that she that 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 she can't fully see, that she's kind of you know, because she, she, you know he is her boss, and it's totally inappropriate that 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 should be happening, you know. Um, I think you should tell his wife that it's already happened, and and let the kind of fallout happen, because it won't be as big as so. Look, it is going to happen, right? She she is going to end up hooking up with this guy. She's going to ruin the marriage. It's not going to last with him because he's going to be a serial cheater. He's going to move on, right? So sliding doors scenario here, right? One one, one route is that it already happens and she loses the job, he loses the marriage, and she he moves on and she feels like she can't trust people. And she also becomes one of those people. She feels guilty that she destroyed a marriage. She becomes one of these people who breaks up a home, right? The other route is, right? Like that route, but softer. You call the wife and say, your husband's having an affair. I know this. I can't tell you who I am, but I've seen them out and about, and they're having an affair. Okay? 
then she confronts him and he says it hasn't happened there's no it doesn't it hasn't happened and then you know hopefully they're able to resolve that and they can just pin this down to some crazy caller who just had it in for him right maybe if an ex-employee or something like that but at least now he's probably going to have to watch his tracks and he can't be as probably close to your one so he's going to have to kind of cut ties with this one right he can't be being as inappropriate now because his wife could be watching so it's it'll be weird and messy but hopefully it'd be like oh well this person called but it'll be kind of like a no smoke without fire thing. Now he'll be like, no, shit, I can't, I can't have it happen. Do you know what I mean? So he'll have been scolded for something he hasn't done but was going to do. You know, it's like pre-crime. Minority report. You've stopped it before it happened, right? What does Colleen think? Is Colleen going to say the exact same thing, which is, um, which is, here it is, okay. I'm not sure you can talk sense into her because you've tried and you've said all the things I would have said to her. You could try to make her see the kind of person she might end up with, a person who could betray his wife so easily. If he can show so little respect for her, he can treat your friend in the same way. In fact, she might not be the only one he's trying it on with. It sounds to me like this is a huge ego trip for him. He wants to know he can do it and get away with it. Your friend should put him in on the spot and say, okay, if you want to be with me, there's no chance while you're married. So go home and sort that out and then we can talk. I know it's hard when your heart melts for someone, but the but the kind of things this guy is saying don't even seem real. They're such cliches. Unfortunately, she might have have to find out for herself what he's really like. So make sure you're around with a shoulder to cry on, and don't judge her for her mistake. See, it's kind of that's kind of what I'm saying. But don't do that and just call the wife and said it already happened. Trust me, it'll be messy now, but it will be even messier when she inevitably does have the affair. So there you go. Listen, thank you very much for listening to this pod. I want to thank the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey, the DLD.com. Hit them up there and grab yourself a lovely tasty whiskey. I highly recommend the old fashioned. Um, If you'd like to see me on tour, you still can. There are three more dates. No. There are four more dates. Um, On the 22nd of April, I will be performing in Dundalk in the Spirit Store. On the 24th of April, I'll be in Kilkenny in the Set Theatre. On the 28th of April, Greystones in the Whale Theatre. And on the 1st of May, in Cork in the Everyman Theatre. It should be a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, there are still tickets available for most of those gigs. So do hit them up on um, uh, my link tree. Uh, on on my Instagram and you can get all the tickets there thank you very much for listening to this thank you everyone who's been coming to the gigs Um, more tournaments and crazy concepts and sketches coming in the podcast soon when I have the time Uh, I'm very much looking forward to but look the fact that you're here you're the most important person in the room and I love you all the best bye bye it's only a real shit show